Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner, and man, this episode was crazy. So I brought my sister into the studio because she has an amazing story, and there's so many takeaways and parallels, and I know that uh, for a lot of you, it's going to uh, be relatable, and for some of you, it might come across as a little bit like out of left field, but we got deep on this one, and I wanted to give her a platform to share her story because I feel like so many people can can take away just a lot of messages with whatever you're going through in your own life, this will apply in some way. So try to find the connection there, and I hope you enjoy it. We got deep on this one, so uh, settle in, and I hope you enjoy. All right, well, first of all, thank you for joining me, and I guess I should introduce you as my first ever podcast guest, and also, you happen to be my sister. Uh, But I wanted to bring you in because I feel like whenever I am going through a period where I need help with some introspective thinking or just trying to unpack something that I'm dealing with, like you're the first person that I go to. Uh, So just as a quick note for anybody listening, this is probably going to get a little bit deep. I actually have no idea what direction we're going to go. So I'm kind of excited to just dive in and have a good conversation, but um, it's definitely not going to be surface level. So if that's what you're looking for, you can tune out now. But uh, yeah, Lauren, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm like honored that I'm your first guest. Yeah, it's a big moment. Like, I I feel like this is going to set the trend of like the standard that all of my guests have to live up to. So it's going to be a high bar. Wow, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. Okay. Uh, So yeah, I guess like let's just dive in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, I feel like you have a good perspective. You've been through a lot in your life and – You've done a lot of internal work, which is something that I appreciate and something that I do and something I encourage all my clients to do. So I think uh, you have a unique perspective and um, we'll just go wherever the conversation takes us. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about like what I could possibly contribute to a podcast that might be of any interest to anybody listening. And I'm not entirely sure I do have anything interesting to contribute, but What I will say is one thing that I've been really thinking a lot about lately that, you know, I'm in the field of mental health and I work with so many clients and families that are like struggling on such a deep level. And, you know, in that struggle, what I always am like reminded of is just like really like the power of being vulnerable and the power of like human connection. And I feel like So often in our culture, it's something that we're really, really missing. And I think it's so often the root of um, loneliness and isolation and struggle. And so I was thinking about my own story, which is something I I don't share often. And the really like the power of of the of sharing your story and having the courage to to be vulnerable and just like tell it like it is and stop hiding behind so many walls because really as human beings, we all know what it's like to struggle. And I think um, it's so refreshing when someone's just honest and puts it out there and it like, I don't know, it just, it, it makes others, I think, then feel like, oh, it's okay to then share. Like, I don't have to be alone with that. Like, 
I can share what's going on with me too. And that I see that so often in, in the clients that I work with is just this, just this intense, intense loneliness. Yeah. So two of the things that like hit home for me when you mentioned that is first, like my own personal struggle with, with vulnerability and, and how far I've come in like the, the journey of getting to a place where I'm comfortable being vulnerable. And honestly, that was the biggest catalyst for what I'm doing right now with my business. Like I, you know, have a fairly successful coaching business. I honestly don't know a lot about business. Like I'm not very business savvy. All I do know is that I put myself out there. I keep it real. I tell it like I, like it is like, you know, exactly what you're getting. You know what my personal philosophy is. Like I'm not going to hide who I am. And that has just resonated with people. So like I have, it's been, an authentic and like genuine process for me and it's helped me grow. Uh, And then the other thing that you mentioned with human connection is how easy it is nowadays to hide behind those walls because like social media makes it so easy to like not have human connection. Like we connect with people, we have access to people, but is there really like human connection when you're behind a screen and you don't actually have to show your emotions, you get to like consider the perfect response and you, you have to like, you, you know, you craft this text to somebody and you have to, you have this expectation of how it's going to be interpreted. So like, there's this, there's this, you know, ability to connect, but I feel like it's actually disconnected us more, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I think it's so true. And I think, yeah, it's, it's something that we're like all, I think, trying to figure out how to navigate because like, when do you ever like sit in front of someone and have like an actual conversation? And, you know, so often our interactions now, like you said, are through text message and email and social media and through pictures. And it's all crafted. It's all like really thought out. Like, you know, there's little room for like error because we're thinking so much about it. And like, you know, just this whole idea of just like having a conversation in person and just being like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say to this person. And that scares the shit out of me. But I'm going to, like, just do it anyway. And I I really do think, you know, the other last week um, I went to Pilates. And after Pilates, there's this, like, amazing restaurant near my Pilates studio. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go get lunch. And then I'm going to go back to work. And hopefully my boss isn't listening to this because it took way too much time off from work. But um, so, like, I get to the restaurant and it was um, it was full. It was totally full. And they said to me, you know, there's this one table that's that's available, but it's a bigger table. And if you want to sit there, you actually have to sit with a stranger or you can just get your food to go. And I, my, what's my instinct? Like, I'm not talking to a stranger. I'm going to get my food and I'm going to get the hell out of here and I'm going to put my head back in my phone and I'm going to like go on my merry way. And I was like, wait. That's ridiculous. I can I'm now living alone for like the first time in like 10 years, so I'm alone a lot. So I'm like this is an opportunity to like sit and connect with someone and meet someone new. And luckily the the other person kind of felt the same way and she's like, "Sure, I'll sit with this person." And at first I thought like, "Well, we're just going to sit there and I'm going to like look at my phone the whole time and we're going to like have lunch and I won't have to talk to her." But then like she initiated the conversation and it turned out we had so many things in common. We had this amazing connection. She actually offered me a lot of support for some of the things that I'm going through. And we're now, of course, now we're Facebook friends and we share, you know, phone numbers and things like that. But when does that ever 
happen nowadays. It's so rare. And that's like a perfect example because that you're right. Like that would never happen. Or like obviously your situation is something where most people I know for me, like right when you said that, I'm like, no, I'm not going to sit next to a stranger. Uh, And if I did, I would totally be like in my phone just, you know, pretending like I was doing work or something um, because it's just not. Like, I don't know, it's, maybe it's our our culture right now, our society, but it just is uncomfortable to put yourself out there with somebody that you don't know. Uh, and even it's hard for people to open up to, to you know, those that are close to them. Uh, but then you have the gift side of social media where now you can stay in contact with that person. Whereas, you know, a long time ago, it would have been like, you know, how do you even keep that connection going? So there's definitely a gift and a curse to how connected we can be. It's just we're not necessarily always using that to our advantage. Uh, And I think, you know, another thing that you mentioned with, um, you know, just sharing your story and putting it out there, like I, one of my tattoos is of an iceberg. And that's basically the meaning behind it is all we see is what's above the surface. And there's this huge level of, you know, so many different layers below the surface that oftentimes we don't show people. And that to me is what matters. Like, you know, when you see pictures, when you see people like sharing their best life or whatever the case may be there, you're just seeing what's above the surface. And there's so much, you know, more meaning and there's so many deeper levels to that. Um, But how do you go about feeling confident and comfortable sharing the below the surface stuff. Like I feel like that's where for a lot of people, the challenge is they feel like maybe they don't like somebody won't relate or maybe they'll be judged or criticized uh, or maybe it's just an, you know, from previous experiences, they tried to put themselves out there and got rejected. So like, where does that process start to being comfortable with sharing what's below the surface? I don't know that you ever necessarily – I mean, for me, I'll just talk to my own experience. I'm not sure I haven't reached, like, a comfort, so to speak. Like, I sat down next to that woman, and my old tape recorder was playing. Like, I'm not going to be funny enough, and I'm not going to be smart enough, and she's not going to like me, and I'm not this enough and that enough. And, like, that's my that's my tape player. Like, it goes on autopilot, and that's where I go to. And it's totally from, like – all my different like childhood and things like that experiences where I might have been rejected or I didn't fit in or for whatever reason, like I wasn't included in things. And so like what is my autopilot is like all the reasons that I'm not enough and I'm not good enough and she's going to realize it and this was just a bad idea. So like that goes on autopilot. And and for me, it's just recognizing it like, OK, hey, here's that tape. It's not real. It doesn't mean it's like reality. It's just that goes on in my brain to like try to protect me. So I just have an awareness of it. And I'm like, hey there, like I know you're here. You're trying to protect me like, but I'm good. Like I'm going to be okay. So regardless of what happens, like it's worth it for me to like take this risk because ultimately the the potential benefit of connecting with another individual is, is worth the risk of possibly being rejected because I've now learned that like if I am rejected or someone does judge me like I'm still going to be okay and it's really like about them and not so much about me and that is not easy to like come to that like it's hard and and you know it takes lots of like you know processing and I'm in therapy and I'm journaling and I'm talking to friends and 
you know, I have a big like support system, which I think is really helpful. So I don't know. You don't get comfortable with it. It's really just a matter of like allowing yourself to be really uncomfortable, which feels really, really super scary. Sometimes I'll even just like when I feel uncomfortable, I'm like, okay, I'm uncomfortable. Like, where do I feel that in my body? My heart is racing, like my stomach hurts and just like noticing like all these signs and just like allowing them to be there and knowing that ultimately like I'm going to feel more fulfilled if I take that risk versus constantly staying in my comfort level. So I don't know if that like really answers. It does because what you said is powerful. Just the identifying it and like allowing yourself to feel it like I think so often – We hear that voice and we all have that voice and we either try to hide from it or we try to ignore it or pretend like it's not there. But we know those feelings are still there. So it's like just identifying it and like addressing it and being like, okay, I am feeling this. Uh, One of the things that I like to do is trying to reframe that feeling. So you talked about like, you know, you're nervous and your heart is racing and you're feeling those feelings and you identify them. But then what if we reframe that as What if my body is actually excited? What if this isn't, you know, what if this is my body trying to prepare me for the situation because I am stepping outside of my comfort zone and you just kind of reframe the scenario a little bit as far as like, this isn't, you know, the worst case scenario is we don't have a connection and we both go about our business and nobody gets hurt in the process and you're okay with that. But like thinking about those feelings and then reframing like my body is just preparing me for this and we are going to be okay. And I'm actually excited because there is a new person that I get to connect with. And, uh, you know, and then I think with experience over time, like once you do it, then, you know, the first time is going to be really uncomfortable. And then when you're in that situation again, now you have something to fall back on or at least draw from that past experience. Like, well, I did this once so I can do it again. I think the more that you, avoid putting yourself out there and avoid comfort the more that it has control over you because you don't have that that vote of confidence so to speak to draw from so it's like it just it gets you know it kind of has that grasp on you more and more the more that you avoid it if that makes sense yeah and i think like and you know it's funny in addition to my my own like autopilot like i'm not enough and i'm not good enough and all these things the other thing i always do is i judge like the other person and come to like 7000 conclusions about them before i actually even have a conversation so like this particular woman was like stereotypically like very attractive and stereotypically she fit the mold for like she was super thin and she like started telling me about like her husband and her house and her dog so like what was my conclusion her life is perfect. She doesn't know struggle. Like she would be like horrified if she knew all the things that were going on in my head. She would be horrified if she knew my current situation and like my current relationship status and all the different things. So I like had all these things like about her literally without even like actually having a conversation just strictly based on what she looked like. And it wasn't until I really took a risk and was like, I'm just going to put my shit out there. Like you know, I just get out of this relationship and I'm single and I'm going through all these things and like all this stuff. And I live in a teeny tiny apartment and all this stuff that like she then felt comfortable, like sharing back with me, like stuff about her own life and like why she couldn't have a baby and like some medical stuff. And like, holy shit, like you would never you'd look at her and you'd be like, she's totally perfect. And she has no medical issues. And she blah, 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 like has all this money and her life's amazing. And then 
you know, you could actually like once like I feel like once I kind of took the risk and like broke through some of those like barriers and she then shared too. And then that's when you're like, oh, right, right. Everybody has their own struggles and it doesn't matter how much they fit in or don't fit into what like society like deems as like okay or whatever. And so it's just a reminder of just like put your shit out there, you know? And my guess is that like the person you're putting it out there to is then going to feel more comfortable putting their own shit out there. Yeah, that's awesome because I think we all go through that as well. It's normal because it's like a defense mechanism. Like you want to protect yourself and so you kind of like put this other person on a pedestal and then it makes it easier for you to kind of stay in your shell. Uh, And then, you know, it's oftentimes we're just kind of projecting our own insecurities where like obviously we know nothing about that person. Uh, So it's just kind of our own insecurities come out in our mind and and we're projecting and when you just like tear down that first layer and like break down the wall a little bit and like you said the other person then feels like oh you know I can actually share and then it becomes like a truly authentic and like in the moment experience which is what you know ideally we all go through but it's it's so hard to like be in the moment and not think like how is this going to be interpreted or like what does this person think of me and um you know why am i judging all these things about them and um you know you're right we all have our shit like we we all like i said we all have that shit that's below the surface and like you know being able to just put yourself out there um it also gives us like kind of insight into the type of people that we want in our lives. So like if you do put yourself out there and there's somebody that is really judgmental and they don't, you know, they're not there to share and and they're not supportive and like you don't want that person in your life anyway. So it kind of is like a shortcut to knowing the type of energy you want to get back and, you know, putting out the energy that you want back is important. So I feel like it kind of expedites that process of some toxic relationships or like just – cutting through the bullshit and, and like finding who you want in your life and what relationships are meaningful to you and like what you want in another person, whether it be a part, you know, excuse me, a partner or a friend or like, you know, sometimes it's tough with like family members, but even then, you know, like maybe you just have to edit that relationship a little bit. And like, there's certain topics that you can't really talk about with a certain family member. And like, you have to um, just edit where the conversation goes and the type of relationship you have. But I feel like being vulnerable and putting yourself out there and, and, you know, going through that process, it like gives you insight into the type of people that, you know, really should be in your inner circle. Well, I feel like that's, I'm a work in progress with that because one of my, we mentioned insecurities. One of the ways that I've managed my own insecurities is like I am, a dedicated people pleaser, like to the gazillionth degree, like I will go above and beyond to people please. Um, and I want everybody to like me, God damn it, no matter who they are and whether they're worthy of it or not. And that has totally been like an ongoing struggle with me. Like I struggle so much with like I need to be liked. I feel like our dad is like that. Actually, like I, totally, <laughs> I mean, I'm like that for and totally sure. inherited it. Like it's part <laughs> of my DNA. It's going to be with me forever, and something I'll always have to like keep in check and deal with and whatever. But like, 
I can't deal with somebody not liking me. Like, what the fuck? And it, like, gets me to my core. Like, what is wrong with me? Why don't they like me? Like, I'm an internalizer. So – and it's totally, like, an insecurity and, like, a way that I, like, have defenses and all that stuff. But, like, it's there. I'm a people pleaser. I admit it. And, you know, yeah, yeah, I work on it. (laughs) I talk about that all the time because I'm the exact same way. Uh, And it's – you know, it can be fucking draining. Like – when do you have time to like recharge your own battery when you're like constantly worried about everybody else liking you? And you're right, it's a work in progress, but like it, it can drain your energy. I, I just know from, you know, I want to make sure that all of my friends like me, to all my clients, to, you know, everybody that I interact with, like it doesn't even matter uh, whether I connect with somebody or not. Like I can meet somebody. And truly just have no – we don't have a lot in common. We don't have many shared interests. And I'm still like I need this person to like approve of me and like me or whatever. And that's something that um, – it's draining to have to constantly seek that approval. So I'm on that same that same journey of trying to deal with it and it's, uh, it's a work in progress. Like I've definitely come a long way and I've been more protective of my own energy and like understanding that if I don't take – if I don't just – like take care of myself first and stop trying to please everybody else, then I'm doing everybody else around me a disservice because they're getting a lesser version of me. If I'm constantly like worn down trying to please everybody else, then I'm not presenting like my best self you know, to the people that are important to me. I might not be as far along as you are in that process. <laughs> I might still be like a super committed people pleaser. Like – because there's just something about that like superficial high that you get that like we're constantly chasing that you get when like so and I get look it's also I mean I'm not even saying that there's anything wrong with this because we all have the need to be desired we all have the need to be liked we all have the need to fit in we all have the need to be part of something in a community so there's always a fine line you know I think I don't know what the line is to be honest with you but it I I really like still like deeply like have this like I cannot deal with somebody not liking me but I I mean I get what you're saying I'm probably just not that evolved (laughs) yeah no it's hard (laughs) it's like one of those things that is really difficult it's a constant battle I talked about that I actually made a post about this on Instagram the other day but like my whole fitness journey started from just wanting external validation was like you know, maybe I'll get approved if like I have abs or like if I look a certain way and like I just wanted some external validation. That was like really the catalyst for a lot of what I was doing. And and I talked about the like path that it led me down. It was really just a poor relationship with my body, a poor relationship with food. And like it took me a while to climb out of that hole. It was just, it was never good enough. I never, it was never, you know, I was trying to seek some form of acceptance or approval and it's like you said it's kind of like that high but then it also causes like a little bit of a crash because it's not real and it's not authentic and it's not true to you and and I think that that's you know when when it kind of like it it got the best of me for you know a good period of time and and it was um you know it's it's a constant struggle to to get out of that mindset um, of just being like, I, I can't fully say now that I'm like, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Like, I, I do care what people think of me. I've definitely come a long way from where I was, but I think it's something that will always be just by the nature of my personality. Like that's in, in yours as well. Like 
it's kind of who we are. So like we know, I think that self-awareness really helps though, uh, because I feel like all growth starts with self-awareness. So at least, you know, being aware of it is a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, totally. I think self-awareness and I think self-acceptance, like, like acceptance with like meaning like accepting with all of your flaws. So like I used to be in this place like, well, I'm going to like perfect myself and I'm in therapy. So like I can't be a people pleaser anymore. And when it comes up, I'm just going to like smush it down and whatever. And now I'm like, oh, hey, people pleaser. Like, what's up? How you doing? Like, here you go again. Like, I get it. You're trying to protect me. Like, what's going on? You know, and like, it's such a different way to like communicate with like the different parts of yourself, you know. Um, And I think what you were saying about like, I I sort of feel like, you know, just living in our culture, like every single person in this culture has some, they, everybody has a body. And our bodies are all perceived in, in a way in our culture. And so like, it is so much easier to be like, well, if I have like six pack a- pack abs, then this person can't reject me because I have abs. And like, if I focus on like, you know, eating perfectly and eating a certain way and having a certain whatever number of calories and working out a certain way, then like, I am totally like, like, you can't hurt me because I'm just going to like, focus on like what I'm eating or what I'm not eating. Like, it's totally a way to like, protect ourselves. Um from like being rejected and it's funny I have like such a story around bodies and the way like our bodies are perceived and like like night and day because when I was um when I was in middle school like I was the girl that got boobs first and I was like always like what up until middle school like I was in a smaller body I got a lot of attention from guys it was like we were talking about like that instant high. And when I transitioned to high school, I like naturally like I went through puberty and I gained weight and I went I transitioned from public school to private school and I didn't have a lot of friends in my private school. And, you know, our family was going through a lot of stress. And so the way that I channeled all that was going on was I was like, well, I'm going to um, shrink my body like I'm going to. I want to go back to what that felt like in middle school where I felt like I had no problems. And as long as I like shrink my body, then suddenly all the people in high school are going to like me. And suddenly I'm going to get all that attention back from guys. And what had happened was it like completely backfired. I like starved my body for a while and then I um, like lost a significant amount of weight. And then eventually like my whole body chemistry, my metabolism, everything just like literally shut down. And I gained a significant amount of weight, plus some from where I started. And the way that I was perceived in in my life, in high school and our family and friends and family, everybody, um, night and day, like I just people treated me differently. Like there's no way around that. And I suddenly became – and, you know, going from having so much attention from guys to literally feeling like I did not exist, it gave me such – I had so much shame and such a complex and so much so that it actually, like, led me down the road of, like, well, fuck them. Fuck all guys. They're so superficial. They only, like, care about my body and I'm still the same person. I just, like, you know, gained weight. So I was like, I'm going to date 
women because women are more accepting and more caring and more, you know, like willing to kind of look deeper. And I thought that that was my way of like, I found the answer. Like, like I couldn't like, you know, my body was what my body was. Like my metabolism was totally shot. And I was like, I found the answer. Like, I'm going to date women. And this just feels so much better to me. And the problem was, though, like, turns out, like, you can't, like, guard yourself and protect yourself, like, for the long run without feeling like you're being really untrue to yourself. Because ultimately, like, what I really felt, like, in my different relationships with women was, like, I kind of really want a penis. Like... (laughs) There's something that's sort of missing in this whole situation and, you know, a strap-on just doesn't cut it, you know. And I, like, noticed I was jealous of, like, my heterosexual friends and I was, like, so – I have, like, the opposite. Like, I was, like, a closeted heterosexual in a way. Like, I was, like, so ashamed of my attraction to men because I was, like, well, men will never find me attractive I'm, like, with these women, so I can't, like, tell them. Everybody in my life now thinks that I'm gay. And I, like, held on to this, like, secret and this shame and this story for, like, so many years. And it's interesting, like, all I can think of is, like, our mom telling us, telling me to, like, not share too many details. And now I'm sharing so many details. But that's just the way I am. I think as long as I don't talk about her, it'll be okay. But, like, I... Like, ultimately, you know, I I was mentioning, like, getting out of this relationship. I was with this amazing woman for, like, over nine years, and there was so much about our relationship that was amazing. But I could no longer hide the fact that I wanted dick. Like, at the end of the day, I wanted to be with a man. It was something that, like, I endlessly fantasized about. Like, it, it... it was like the the elephant in the room. I was in therapy for years and years and years. And finally it was like, I'm going to take this big, giant leap of faith and this giant risk and going into this land that I haven't been in in like years and years and years. And I'm going to like just give it a shot and see what happens. And I was like, got out of this relationship and I'm living on my own and, and you know, dating men and – I mean, it's sort of interesting. I like I recently unintentionally um, lost weight, not purposefully. I don't my body just whatever. Um, And I I definitely notice like when that happens, like, again, men start curling out of the woodwork and they I start getting a lot of attention. And like, it's definitely something I struggle with and reconcile with because it's like, you know, it's still me. And, you know, it's hard. It's really hard. And and like a thing I like didn't talk about in this my story is that I ultimately like had my thyroid removed. So I have a lot of hormonal issues. And I did a lot of like compulsive exercising and a lot of restricting and really like fucked up my body. And so like I'm now on thyroid meds and my body just kind of does its thing. And in so many ways, there's so much I like don't have control over with my body. So like when I like lose weight or gain weight, like it really is one of those things that there's just there's a lot I can't really sort of control. Not that we should control, but I'm just saying I think I have an added layer, you know, having, you know, having to be on synthetic thyroid hormone for the rest of my life. So anyway, my point is like, yeah, like 
I've, I've always felt that, like, regardless of my size, like, I always felt that I women – I could always find women who were, like, attracted to me and, like, loved me unconditionally. And it's talk about, like, putting myself out there, like, with men, I have never felt that way, like, sort of that unconditional whatever. And so this has been, like, a big risk for me and something that I'm navigating and – I've appreciated your coaching along the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's honestly the reason why I wanted to get you on because your story is powerful and also that early association that you made with what men thought of you when you were in a smaller body and you were getting all this attention and then how that transitioned and the impact that that it had on you and like how deep-rooted it was. And I think everybody can relate with, with that. It's like it, for women, it's just – that message is hammered over and over and over and it shows up in different ways, but like, you know, media and social media and, you know, magazines and just like everywhere you turn, even like within your current relationships and friends and, you know, going to school, it's just, it is almost impossible to like not internalize and um, just, you know, the way that you've been able to, like, I think that's like, at what point did you realize like, you were in this relationship and you you kind of made this association that women were not as judgmental. They would accept you. It didn't matter what you looked like. It was really about who you were as a person. But you felt like there was a part of you that was being inauthentic, like, you know, insincere. And um, what was like that that point, if you remember, or was it kind of like a gradual thing where you were just like, I can't. Like I can't leave this, you know, this this big secret or this just like I, I need to to dive into this. I need to unpack this further. Was there like a progression, or was it just something that was kind of hanging out in the background? It was like whispering to you all along that you finally were just like, all right, I have to I have to listen to this voice in my head and I have to see where it goes. So I always knew it, like, inside. I always, always knew that I liked Dick. Like, I always knew it. Like, but there was just... I just need to interject for a second with, like, the bluntness of... <laughs> because Do you want me to say it's... it a different way? No, no, that's perfect because I've, like, we've always said, like, that you would be the perfect female Howard Stern. And I feel like that just proves that there's there's no filter and I wouldn't have it any other way. So, okay, good. So, so continue I'm allowed on. to keep so, saying So that. there was the, the, yeah. the thought that you were into dick. Right, right, right. And for those of you, like, I know I'm sure it's weird that I'm talking to my brother and, like, saying this, but we just have that kind of relationship, which is what I'm so grateful for. Um, so, but no, I did. I really did. Like, I, I always knew. And it, like, when I, like, would masturbate, I was thinking about penis. When I was, like... Like, hooking up with women, I was like, I wish they had a dick. Like, I would take my part female partners to, like, sex shops, like, on our first date and was like, hey, let's find, like, a strap-on that, like, will work, you know? Like, and I know this sounds so crazy, but it's, like, but it's the things that we do when we're, like, when we have a lot of shame and we don't know what else to do with it. Like, I mean, I, I guess it just goes like if it was the opposite, someone who's a closeted gay person, like think of all the things that they do to like hide themselves, you know, and that was my story just in the opposite way. So like I definitely and I was totally aware of it. And I knew it. 
I just honestly didn't think I had another option. Like I just literally didn't think a guy would find me attractive. And so I just like kept doing what I was doing and trying to hope that a dildo would eventually work. And like it didn't. It's just to me never felt like the same. And so I even remember like this is such a crazy story. But like one of my first like long-term girlfriends, like when I got out of college, she and I lived in her parents' house and we lived in her basement. And I will like never forget one night her younger sister was like, so we lived in the basement and her younger sister was like upstairs in her bedroom. And she had a long-term boyfriend who was like gorgeous and I was like, you know, totally envious of her. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night and hearing them banging, like full on, like the floor was like rocking, like the whole thing. And I will never forget. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like I am jealous of my girlfriend's younger sister because this dude is banging her. And like, I just, and here, like I, I, loved the women that I was with. I absolutely loved them. But like, I just like, ultimately, like, wasn't that into vagina. And like, you know, like, it was like, wow, this is like a problem that I'm like, jealous of her sister, because like, she's with this guy. And so, but it took me years. I was gonna say that was like, over 10 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. So like, what caused you at that point when you recognize that to not do anything about it? Because I really like, didn't think I had an option. Like, I really was just like, like, I can't leave the comfort of this. Like, I – like, I – nobody will find me attractive. Like, I just literally – like, that was, like, the tape that was playing over and over and over again. And it wasn't until, like, I got I, – I mean, I've always sort of been in therapy, like, on and off therapy, you know, which has always been helpful. But it wasn't until this recent – you know what? The pain got so – I started having like, you know, uncontrollable physical symptoms, um, just like physical pain, fatigue, you know, all the things that go along with, you know, when you're super stressed out and hiding something emotionally and all that stuff like that I like really entered therapy. And it like, you know, I started reading like all these different like um, mind body things and what physical symptoms like might mean on an emotional level. And it like drove me into therapy and it like made me really reflect and think like, what am I hiding? Like what's really going on for me that's like causing all these symptoms? And it took me probably like five years in therapy where I finally was able like the literally the both the emotional pain and the physical pain got so bad that I could no longer like hold it in anymore. And I knew that I like had to do something. And don't get me wrong, I did it shaking like every step of the way. It's not like I was like, oh, like I totally got this. Like I literally was like shaking every step of the way. Like, oh my God, what am I like, what am I jumping off into? Like I have no idea. But, um, and also like I will in fairness too, like there was like, I I do think sometimes we need a little like reinforcement and we need experiences that like help build our confidence and things like that. And like at one point, like I had randomly met a guy at one of the events that I did for work and I actually had like an emotional uh, connection with him. Like we had a conversation. It was on a deeper level and I was also attracted to him. And, you know, it 
it gave me just a little boost of confidence that I feel like I kind of needed in a way to sort of take that leap. Um, so once that happened, I was and and this is so crazy. Like my at the time, like my girlfriend of like over nine plus nine years, like. We were like literally about to buy a house. Like we had like I was like about to put in like a shit ton of money to like buy this house and I I was like fuck, I can't buy this house. Like there's this guy and like I want to bang him and oh my god, like what am I going to do? Like fucking shit. And like I like I talked to mom and dad and I talked to you and I like talked to my therapist and I was like yeah, can't totally can't buy this house. Like I can't go through with this. Like and luckily, like, everybody in my life was, like, super supportive and was like, look, whatever you need to do, you need to do. And so that's when I just decided, like, the the it was so torturous to stay, like, in that situation that I kind of had no choice but to just take a leap of faith. Yeah, and it was like that light that you needed just to, to take that next – that first step that's obviously always the scariest and the hardest to take – um, and I think the timing of that was probably not a coincidence. Like sometimes the universe just has a way of putting that just enough for you to like see it and do something about it. And then obviously it's up to us to take action. And I think like the connection is it's like so much deeper because there's so many people that have that stay in situations because it's comfortable. And the alternative seems like the unknown is so fucking scary. It's like what – like you stay in comfort just because it's more convenient or you don't know any better and you're just uh, – you know whether it's a relationship or a job, like how many people just stay because it's what they know even though deep down instincts are telling you like this is not right for me. But because – and I talk to people literally every single day about this exact thing. It's like you know you're telling me that this isn't right for you but – it's that comfort, like it's the known that keeps you there. And it's that first step is always the hardest to take. And, and you always like you play it out in your head like, well, if I take that step and, and I make the wrong decision. So like where do you go from there thinking what if I regret this decision? But knowing that like, you know, you have a, a solid support system. You're ready to take that first step. What keeps you in the moment and thinking, you know, about right now versus trying to think back and overanalyze the decision. Well, and I first I just want to acknowledge like because I keep thinking about like my situation. I keep thinking like how fortunate I was in like so many different ways in terms of like my ability to leave my relationship. Like I have a really stable job and I have a really amazing support system and I have, you know, financially like I was able to do it and like all the things that like and I think like so I just want to like comment just because it made me really realize like just how hard it must be for people that aren't as fortunate like that don't have the resources or or you know all the different things that like go into like making making a transition easier you know like I was super fortunate I'm not saying it's impossible to do it when you're not in that position, I just like, I just feel like it's important to acknowledge that because it just is. And I just want to like mention that. So, um, no, but I think that like, I, I, it's a matter of just, cause I definitely still feel afraid and I definitely still feel at times like 
shit, I made a mistake and what am I going to do and what's that going to look like in six months? And um, I think for me, though, there's this like tiny – like there's this like voice inside that like is like – but you're but you're on the right path. Like just keep going. Just keep going. Like acknowledge the fear. Acknowledge the like – Hey, you're making a mistake. Like, see, you can't do this. Like, that's totally okay. That's just, that's part of like your reptilian brain, like trying to keep you like safe and whatever. And so I feel like give, okay, yep, you have a voice too. Like, I get it. You're trying to be really loud right now. And like, that's okay. But, but like the freedom of the authenticity that you get from like follow, like taking that risk, like, is so much more fulfilling than staying, like, comfortable. So it kind of, in a way, like, in and of itself just overrides that, like, fear and that, like, questioning of, like, you're making a mistake. And, like, uh, like I'm just, I'm just going to, like, put it out there. Like, I'm just going to be, like, totally honest and, like, hope that certain people aren't listening to this. But, like, on some level, like, it really did just sort of take me, like, banging a few guys to be, like – yeah, I know I'm doing the right thing. I know this is like, you know, my authentic like sexuality. I know it's really scary, but this does feel like what I was missing. And so I'm just going to, as hard as it is, and it has been challenging, like I'm going to keep going with that because it does, it feels that worth it to me. Yeah, like staying true to yourself, like your body has this natural instinct that just kind of, keeps you on that path. And I definitely experienced that as well. Um, like something that I haven't talked about really is like the fact that I went through a divorce and it was something that was like drawn out. Like we had been talking about it for over two years and obviously, you know, it took a while to finally make that decision. And it's like the same process where you get to that point, but then like right when you're at the edge, it's like, nope, I'm not going to jump because it's scary to jump and I'd rather just be comfortable and hope that things will magically change. And no matter what, like it's, it's just when you stay true to yourself and then you start aligning with like your authentic self, there's just something that's hard to argue and you can't really like put your finger on it and like really describe it. But I, I know what you're saying and that like once we made that decision and things like started to progress and we moved on and, and it was like, okay, like I am now fully aligning with like my inner self and, and who I am as a person and I am taking a risk and I am putting myself out there and it is uncomfortable, but it feels okay. And and it's like with, you know, with time, it just kind of solidifies the fact that, um, you know, this this was the right decision for me and uh, you know, I think sometimes it really helps to have that support, like you were saying, like we're both very fortunate in the people that we have around us. Uh, because I think oftentimes when you're around people who like, who have maybe made that decision to stay comfortable and to not take that leap of faith, then they, again, might try and, you know, nudge you in that same direction. I don't think that it's any sort of like ill intent. I think it's just the nature of, oh, well, you have to stay in this situation because that's the right thing to do or whatever their their reasoning may be. But I think that your 
environment, who you're like surround yourself with, I think it has a huge impact. And I think you're right. We're both fortunate in that we have a very accepting and loving family. And like we were in the position that we were in to, you know, not have somebody else like push their own agenda and like what they wanted us to do. It was truly about like make the decision that you feel is the right decision and we support that no matter what. Um, So what about like navigating that for somebody who is struggling? Maybe they don't have the, the powerful support system or they're in a relationship that they're questioning or they're in a job that they don't know it's right for them. Like how do you start that process of like finding what's authentic to you? Well, I feel like one thing I just like want to throw out there to like anybody who's possibly listening um, is just that like I because I I feel like when I told this story, it sounds like really linear and it sounds like, oh, well, then this and then that and then I did this and then I did that. And I just want to say that like there was so much back and forth and so much struggle and I would listen to self-help thing after self-help thing after this podcast after this thing after that thing and literally years of therapy of being like, I'm going to leave my relationship. No, I'm not. I'm going to leave my relationship. No, I'm not. Like I brought mom and dad into therapy with me for like two years because I was like, are you sure you're going to be there for me? Are you sure you're going to be there for me? Are you sure you're going to be there for me? Like like it was so hard. And I, I honestly thought like there's something wrong with me. I will never leave this relationship. I will question it for the rest of my life. I am stuck. I will never move forward. Like, I just want people to know that, like, like whatever the process is for you, it's your it's your experience. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. And there's nothing to be like, because I remember feeling like, why the fuck can't I do this? Like, what the hell is wrong with me? And like, that's like not a helpful way to like think. I like, on some level, like, I had to reach this point of just, like, acceptance. Like, this is where I'm at right now. And whatever I need for myself to get through this, like, it's okay. So, like, it's okay to question for however long I needed to question. And it's okay to, like, need a lot of reassurance reassurance from, like, my parents or from whoever I was getting it from, like, it's okay. It's your experience and just allow it to be like don't add the layer of shame that we I feel like we so often do that like we somehow should be in a place that we're not. So it was a it was definitely a process. So I just like I want to make sure that nobody like listens and feels like ashamed that they're not in a different place cuz wherever you are right now is like exactly where you're supposed to be and like I feel like, you know, in terms of, you know, people who are in a place where they might not have, like, the support system or the, you know, financial resources or, you know, whatever the case may be, like, I I at least feel that the body doesn't lie. And so – and this might sound so, like, out there and I feel like so often we, like, live – like from our head up, right? And we like are like my body. I don't have a body. Like my body doesn't like whatever. But I. But if you can just even if it's one second, just for one second, like literally, that's all I'm asking. Just for one second, just like tune in to your body. Take a deep breath. What does it feel like in your body when you say something like, "I'm gonna leave my job. I'm gonna leave my relationship. I'm gonna." 
have another child. I'm going to like whatever it is that you're thinking about or struggling with or whatever. Just listen to the initial reaction of your body. And if there's just sort of this like, ah, like that feels amazing, like this release, this like whatever, like, okay, the body kind of knows, you know. And if there's like this like attention and like a restriction and like a stressful feeling, like, okay, that's also information. And just like kind of tuning in more and more to what, again, one second, one second a day, just take a moment and just tune in. What's your body telling you in that moment? I think it can be really helpful information. And you know, I'm not again. I'm not making it sound easy. I don't mean to anyway. Sound easy because I don't think it is. I will say though, for my situation, like for as long as I struggled with it, I will say that when I finally did make the decision that I was going to leave, I will at least say that it, it, on some level the rest sort of felt like easy in a way like the universe sounds so like annoying and I can't even believe I'm going to say it but I'm like woo woo all the time they, like okay. like literally like the universe aligned it's so fucking annoying that I'm saying that cuz I can't stand it when people say that shit but like but it did like I like I found my apartment after like I literally looked at one apartment I like signed the lease and like it's perfect and like I moved to this town that I was just like I don't even know why I'm moving here, but I'm moving here. And I'm, like, in love with it. Like, all the things. Like, it just aligned. Like, when I followed just that next baby step, that next, like, ah moment that your body gives you, just the babyest step. Just take it. And then the next one. And, again, in your own terms, on your in your own time, like, and I do feel like, you know, you get supported when you're kind of tuning into your body. And I think that's amazing advice. And also that it looks different for everybody. I think that self-help and all that stuff is great, but it's just like some ideas on what might work for you. And I think everybody has to find their own path. And I, and, you know, for me, when I was going through like the, like crunch time, like it's time to make a fucking decision. That was when I, like I had been meditating for a while, but like during that time, I like went deep into my like meditation. I like took classes. I was just like very diligent about it. Like I that was like the way for me to tune in. And that might not be the best way for somebody else. And I think like you said, finding your own way of tuning in, but like just trying whatever modality like puts you in the present moment and puts you and connects you with your body like that and and it's never linear that's like you know it goes in circles you take steps back it's there's hurdles or speed bumps like it's a crazy ride but to your point it it looks different for everybody so like rather than judging what your path looks like you know just accepting that and i i think that's where it can cause some issues because you feel bad because you like you you might read some self-help book and it's like well then after you go through this process you should feel this and then you're like well I'm not feeling that and then you feel bad about not feeling that and you start this negative feedback loop like I'm not doing self-help right like there's no right way it just has to be you know authentic to you and like finding and you know exploring different ways to just connect to yourself and 
connect to your body. I, I love what you talked about, just like listening to that initial feeling of, you know, what is my body trying to tell me? How does this, how does this feel? And um, taking it from there and, you know, baby steps along the way. Um, so I want to respect your time and like start to wrap this up. Uh, how do you feel like, where are you at right now? Do you feel like you, I know you're like thick in this process because you've had a lot of changes lately. What do you feel like your state of mind right now? And then like, what's something that you would like leave everybody with to consider before we sign off? Well, so I, where I am right now is that like, I, I, you know, I have to say like, I feel pretty proud of myself. Like it's not, you know, there's something to it. Like took a big risk and here I am and I'm like really enjoying single life and like living where I'm living. And um, I've built up, you know, friendships and family relationships. And so I used to be like scared to be alone, like literally scared to be alone with my thoughts. And now I'm like, oh my God, it's Friday night. It's like just me. Like I like I got a date with myself tonight. Like I'm going to listen to Sex with Emily and I'm going to like make my own dinner and I'm going to like do my thing tonight. And it's like, holy shit, who is this person? Whereas like six months ago, I was like, oh my God, I need all these people around me and I need to make plans and I can't be alone. And oh my God. But I guess that's just like what comes, I guess, sometimes with just like you know, doing what's true for you. So that is where I am. What I want to leave people with is like, life is really messy. And we are we are all in this mess together. And just like embracing the mess, embracing the shit that we like go that goes on inside and like, maybe like take a chance and tell somebody that you trust what's really going on inside for you and you might be surprised. But I really think like at the end of the day, just like embracing the messiness of life and just like allowing things to be what they are and where they are is can just bring a lot of like relief and take a lot of the pressure off that we're all feeling. Love it. Embrace the mess, connect with people and be vulnerable and I feel like that's a good place to sign off. Thank you for joining me. I think that our mission from here on out needs to be to get on the Sex with Emily podcast. Definitely. So we're going to make Stay that happen. Stay tuned. We will. <laughs> that is definitely happening. All right. Take care. Bye.